Hey everybody, Craig from Yes Have Some here. Uh, wanted to start off with a little show note. You'll hear me during the episode talk about a really cool thing that the Ghostbusters Containment Unit autograph group on Facebook is doing with production artist Jack Johnson. Now Jack is a production artist that worked on Ghostbusters 2 and they are selling for the first time some of his exclusive prints, never before seen artwork from Ghostbusters 2. You'll hear me talk about it on the podcast. Now Here's what I want you to do. After the episode is done, stay on the line. Keep listening because we have an exclusive interview with Jack that I sat in with uh, with uh, our buddies Matt and Tom from the Ghostbusters Containment Unit. It's about an hour conversation with Jack Johnson about his career, Ghostbusters 2, fun stories that he had working on Goonies and Beetlejuice and all sorts of other movies. Uh, we're kind of including that as a little bonus. So Stay tuned. We got the regular episode coming up right now with Jake, Abigail, and myself. And then right after that, we'll have the interview with Jack. And those prints are now available. We're going to talk about it here in just a few minutes. Let's get the show on the road. As they say, this is Yes Have Some Podcast. the corner penthouse of Spoof Central, all the way to Star Killer Base. This is Yes Have Some Podcast. Do I? Yes Have Some. Yes Have Some. You know, they told me you people were conceited douchebags. The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi mask. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome to Yes Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg. We are recording this at two in the morning. What? Five in the afternoon. I don't know what time it is. I've lost all track of time and day and month and year, Mm -hmm. but that's fine. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Uh, you can talk to the microphone. Yeah, I'm planning on it. Would we're you gonna like- do what we're gonna do after five years of this. We're gonna do microphone training. And- are we gonna give the people a mic test? <laughs> we are. Test we are. test one two. Uh, hello everybody. Welcome to Yes Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg. I am here with Abigail Gardner. What's up, guys? Speaking and- into the microphone. Thank you, Jacob Walsh. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? How's it going, guys? I'm even recording. Squid it. brain. First first try. I'm recording. You didn't, this isn't a fake out, like no. we invest 15 minutes of great content Good. and then it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So we all get to call each other out in the beginning of this episode. I like that. Well, this is the, we're all going to shit on each other for a few cool. minutes. I got a lot of problems with you people. Yeah. Thanks for the notes. Um, Good. Yeah. Um, no, they really helped. Jake, man. How are you, dude? <laughs> I'm fine, dude. I'm, you know, just like working and trying to buy Ghostbuster toys and <laughs> uh, trying to. Trying to. You know, I found, um, I found a couple of the uh, uh, the plasma series. I found three of them at the Target, and uh, they only had three. and And I was like, "Oh, does that mean somebody already got the rest?" And then, like, I bought those three and left. And then, like, the next day, somebody sent me a picture from our 
our uh, local Target, and they had the other three, and I was like, but they bought them, so I'm like, God, what the fuck? Dude, so, that's like, mm. so it's almost like uh, one of those, like, like a pendant that's broken in half, and like you have half, and the other person has half. Yeah, we have like a friendship, collection. like a best friend necklace. <laughs> cool. Um, it's. I was wondering why I saw that picture of Jake wearing three Minton Box uh, plasma series figures on a necklace. That'd be uh, cute. Uh, I thought yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, Ghostbuster stuff is happening mm-hmm. here and there. It was, that's one of the dangers of having a podcast where you know the people that live near you, and we all collect the same stuff. Sometimes things get snatched up. I bet there's not a group of people in the world that gets texted pictures of the inside of Walmart and Target more than us. Like that's mostly what people say. <laughs> Maybe the people who work at Walmart and Target and have to set the stores up, possibly, but yeah. Yeah. Um Jake, what do you have a plan to get the other plasma series figures? Um I'm just going to keep checking Target and see if they um uh you know, restock. I'm not in a su- I, I guess I could order them if I want to, but I'm not you know, I'll either find them or I won't. You know, it's funny. Um, I had pre-ordered them all from Hasbro Pulse uh, when they first went on sale. And then I ended up finding them in Target. But my plan was, got to have one in the box, one loose. Um, did you guys see Ray Esposito, good friend of ours? Who uh, man, we, mm-hmm. I love Ray. Yeah. We, 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 he's a great podcast. guy. We're talking yeah. to him. And uh, he posted a group therapy. He got his plasma series figures from Hasbro Pulse. They were all shipped in individual boxes. So he had six boxes sitting on his front yeah. porch. Um, well, I saw that first. I thought he, I, at first I thought it was like six cases or something. And I was like, what do you, I was like, Ray, what did you, what did you, what do, did you Ray? do? But it, I didn't realize it was just, individual. that's funny. That's pretty cool. What did you do? Well, he's got like five kids. So maybe he got a case for each kid. He got one for each kid. I like having them individually wrapped. It looks like you got more in the mail. It's all about aesthetics. Yeah. Um, so, well, cool. Well, we'll get started. We are going to be talking about the Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer here in a little bit. I uh, know we've got some opinions. We should have had Zach. Zach Myers has been messaging me. Good friend of the show. He, he, whew, he loves Bill and Ted like some people love pizza mm. or their kids. Mm-hmm. All right. Good talk. Good talk about Zach Myers. I love Zach. Yeah. Well, why don't we get him on the show? I feel like if we had Zach on the show, he would talk only in like dumb and dumber quotes, though. <laughs> It'd be something. Anyways. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, he's not. It's not a surprise guest, I promise. Uh, shout out to everybody in group therapy. We've been having some fun in there lately. Um, we do have some new bonus episodes that we're going to be dropping on Patreon. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we've been doing the eBay hangs every week. They've been a lot of fun. We're not going to have one this week. Taking the week off. I need a breather. Yeah, Abby, I mean, yeah. what do you think? My my wallet needs a breather. You don't have a wallet. No, I don't. Um, I, I definitely have enjoyed them. But yeah, let's you know build the momentum. Take a little break off. And then we'll be back at it maybe next week. Yep. And uh, YHS listener, longtime listener, Zach Crago sent us a care package in the mail. Uh, we, Jake, we haven't got you your stuff yet, but we, we're holding on to it for you. Yeah. We're holding on to it. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see you soon. <laughs> we're holding it hostage for you. <laughs> uh, lots of good stuff in there. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, Zach, he sent me these back to the future, the old uh, McDonald's toys, and I didn't have those. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my back to the those future. Those are cool. Yeah. They're, they're very cool, but my back to the future collection sucks. And now it 
sucks a little bit less, but it's not great. Uh, fake fan, fake fan. No, you got, you just added the uh, Pepsi Perfect. I did. I finally re-got it. Yeah. And we just watched Back to the Future 2 this week. I did. I feel like you're doing pretty good. Maybe mm-hmm. you shouldn't be so hard on yourself. Oh, I should. Mm. That's how- The only way your collection grows is you look at a shelf and you're like, man, this sucks. Well, yeah, that's what we talked about with Jake this week. Like, when you don't go in your toy room for a while and then you walk in there and you start, like, seeing, like gaps you need to fill or oh jake you you talked about you you picked up like a new godzilla figure too and you said stuff was kind of like lining the floor and it was getting you a little stressed out yeah well i bought um during the quarantine i bought some trend masters uh um godzilla 98 figures and they've just kind of been sitting in there and then i got some of the you know kenner collection classic kenner stuff just sitting in there i got one of the NECA Godzillas that I was missing, uh, just some random stuff. And then I went, I went out of town this past weekend, um, ended up at a toy store in which I bought an in package. Um, uh, it's from the lost world. It's like a, it's like a Raptor. It's this game. It's kind of like, a uh, God, what is that robot game where you're like punching? Rock'em, 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 Rock'em. Rock'em Sock'em Punching Robots. Yeah. There's like a Jurassic Park game that's similar to that. And uh, um, I I already owned it, but I bought it again because the box is really cool. Right. So I bought that and then I bought like a, an in-package, uh, I think the Ecto-3. Oh, cool. The Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Ecto-3. And, and it's all just kind of sitting in the middle of a clean toy room just on the floor because I, I, I haven't made space for any of it yet. I wish they would have made a, a Jurassic Park Rock'em Sock'em Robots with... Uh, Dennis Nedry and John Hammond. Oh, yeah. So they could uh, settle cool. their differences. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got butterfingers. <laughs> Terrible impression. Hey, did you see the re-release? They're re-releasing the uh, the San Diego Comic Con exclusive John Hammond in like a multi pack from last yeah, it's year. Like a, yeah, it's like a four pack. There's like two Raptors, Ellie, um, Hammond, and then the when dinosaurs uh, ruled the earth. Banner. Oh, it's like a banner. That's, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. All stuff you can still get except for the uh, the banner. It's the only new thing. God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get it for that day. I, I've always wanted a small version of that giant banner. It's one thing I've been I thinking I love of. banner. Um, well, cool. So uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about right off the top. Our good buddy, John Yurkaba, had an art auction uh, a couple days ago on what was supposed to be Ghostbusters Day, auctioning off original pieces uh, in support of, uh, a couple different foundations for black lives matter. Uh, he sold it all. Yeah. It's not available. So I don't even know why no I'm talking about No thanks to us. We were only there for the beginning. Yes. We had did you just bring this up to brag about John, your cable? I did. Yeah. I did. Personal friend. Hey guys, if you guys, if you guys feel like going back in time, um, you can, uh, bid on this artwork that's just gone. You can't even see it. So just, you know, <laughs> And Abby just completely yeah. dropped her microphone. Can I just hold it like a like I'm doing stand up? No, you can't. It's way easier it, for me because then I can lean back. No, if you only if you can do some stand up about. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, cool, cool. Professional audio people. Super profesh. Um, okay, cool. So congratulations to John. Congratulations to everybody who got a couple pieces of art. Uh, apparently, the extreme Ghostbuster Slimer was the uh, was the, the hit. was the hit. Which is great because mm-hmm. that's kind of like uh, you wouldn't think. Yeah, it yeah. was a cool setting. He like hung out with everybody and chatted. It was a, a cool space. I, we were there for the beginning and I'm happy he sold his stuff. It's very yeah. cool. Um, another thing, uh, our good buddies, uh, Tom and Matt, who run the GB containment unit, um, 
this is so funny. This was not on the original notes and I can see in Abby's face that she's very concerned that I'm going off script. Uh, I, I did. I, you don't know. Me. I, no, I know. Um, they are working with uh, production artist Jack Johnson. You guys probably saw us posting about this. Uh, they're selling these never before released uh, images uh, like these amazing prints from Ghostbusters 2. Uh, including the original version of the Fettuccinis, a really cool firehouse print, uh, a really cool uh, kind of like sketch style of the inside of the restoration room uh, uh, at the uh, museum, the art museum, and then uh, the old uh, the old River of Slime down there in the uh, God, I can't even think what it's called, the train station. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've seen the film. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, anyways. They're incredible prints. We're super excited about it. Uh, got a chance to talk to Jack. He's a really great guy. He's worked on a ton of good movies. Uh, those are available at the GB Containment Unit Facebook page. But what I want to ask you guys, Jake, you're an art connoisseur. What, what, what do you feel when you see stuff from Ghostbusters 2 that you've never seen before? Oh, man. I mean, it feels cool. Like It's like you know one of your favorite movies and seeing concept art, especially like uh, – the I think my favorite one was the um the firehouse just seeing it like all shut down and and then I mean it's like stuff that doesn't quite make it into the movie so it's really cool to see that stuff man I I, I I'm always a big fan of like production art and mm-hmm. you know that stuff's cool yeah rare stuff like that coming out of something that you thought you'd seen everything from basically it's very exciting yeah I, I agree you'll notice that- yeah how does how is it possible like it, it feels weird because it's like how is it even possible that there's stuff you haven't seen after 30 years or like where's it been 30 years no one's seen it 30 right. years it hasn't mm-hmm. popped out somewhere yeah i'm mad i'm so, i'm not even gonna buy any because i'm mad that I'm, I, I didn't I'm see it earlier I'm annoyed about it. yeah mad that it wasn't uh, like, available yeah. earlier um i really like those i like the firehouse uh i like the fettuccines uh it's really cool to see kind of the the direction they were going in it's cool that oscar that's a different baby. That's not the Oscar for the movie at all. Mm-mm. That's a fake. That's a phony. Yeah. But I want it. The face is different. But yeah, it makes it something that you need because it's like a variant. <laughs> it's cool. Variant Oscar. <laughs> uh, there was actually triplets. That was the third baby oh. with the dark hair. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. Um, so congratulations to those guys. If you want to check out those prints, uh, they're linked on the Yes Have Some page and you can find it at the Facebook page for the GB Containment Unit. Great autograph group. Total pros. They're going to take care of you over there. Um, cool. Another thank you. Uh, YHS listener Brendan Pierce has taken my YHS, uh, not my YHS, what is it? My Draw Slimer winning uh, art, my award winning piece from 1989 that I seem to bring up every two months um he's brought it to life with a modern style we're gonna probably put that on a t-shirt so thanks to brendan for uh sending that over i posted it in group therapy and everybody's like we want this this is a shirt put it on a shirt um so we're gonna put it on a shirt then you can put your money where your mouth is let's see how many of those bad boys we sell yeah it's a much nicer artistic realization of what you did as a kid so I, I, it really yeah. pops it's like we're a refined go- Version. We're going to go through all those comments and everybody who said put it on a shirt. If you don't buy a shirt, then you're going to get kicked out of group therapy. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I did like that he included the lines from my lined paper. Yeah. Um, well, that's the most important part, I think. I think a lot of people think that I was just like some dumb kid who used lined paper. But that was actually like – that was I was kind of part of like an underground art movement at the time. Mm. No, it's the truth. Yeah. I thought you imagined that was part of Slimer's makeup. <laughs> He's like part John Belushi, part Intrinsic. lines. Me, lined paper. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you just have to look deeper into it. Um, so thank you to Brandon for that. Also cool that people are listening in Australia. Yeah. That's a whole... Oh, dang. That's yeah. far away. Um, and cool. Also, last week we had uh, Trevor and Randy from NECA on the show. Talked toys. I don't think they're going to be doing any Independence toy figures anytime soon. You don't think? <laughs> Not Twister fans. That's one thing that we garnered from that entire conversation. Yeah. They are awesome. But they were great. No they Twister were awesome. toys. Uh, so thank you to them. Um, and they, you know, go back and check out the interview. A lot of new turtle stuff is hitting. Jake, did you see they are again re-releasing the TMNT movie figures now as two packs? I did. Uh, maybe I'll get them this time. Like maybe I keep like putting those off because I have the, uh, you know, whatever the 18 inch figures or whatever. So I'm like, oh, I don't need the, I don't need the, you know, what, it, what, what are they? Six, uh, six, inch, six, nine inch, seven whatever. inch, yeah, yeah, yeah. seven inch. Uh, I, I'm always kind of putting it off cause just because I was like, well, I'm going to get the big ones and then that's it. But now, you know, now that the Toka and Raza are coming out and everything, like, I guess, I guess I'll, I guess I'll buy. Them. <laughs> well, that's why they do it. So like it's there. Let's let <laughs> they do it too. Yeah, you're well, right. They do it because like they they want people to continue collecting the line. And obviously, some people start at the beginning, but you might have somebody who's not even a big toy collector walking through the store and sees Toka and Razar and is like, "Well, that's great, but I can't get the turtles." But then if you got the turtles sitting there, you've gone from no sale to they're mm-hmm. spending two hundred bucks. You're now. talking about bundling. <laughs> Easy. And that's what yeah. People yeah. Do it. yeah. Um, so you're going to be able to get those figures uh, again, uh, which is great. That's great for people who who didn't get them uh, the first time around. Great. Um, they're great. They're phenomenal. They look amazing. Yeah. Best action figures of all time. Mm-hmm. So thanks uh, to the guys from NECA. I'm sure we'll have them back on. And uh, we didn't get to talk a lot about uh, Godzilla, Kaiju, monsters, or, or anything like that. But a couple days after that, NECA revealed uh, their first ever King Kong. I think it's their first King Kong. Jake, is this their first King Kong? It's their first King Kong, and it's actually not like – it's kind of not really specifically based on any King Kong. It's just like their version of King Kong. But if you look at it, it is very, very heavily inspired by the like 1933. It, it mm. looks a lot like the original King Kong. Um, they also – like I don't know. This is probably not something uh, NECA wanted out there right away. But um, I, I've noticed in a, a couple of the the, the Godzilla you know pages that I, I uh, frequent – there have been sightings of two new NECA Godzilla toys coming out and what? no one mm. they're 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 like older figures, but they're kind of like repainted. And, and and NECA has done a few of those. Like they'll put out a Godzilla and then they'll put out one where he's got like a blue glow or something like that. But there's um a Godzilla nineteen eighty-nine uh Godzilla versus Biolante, which is one of the figures we saw at Toy Fair. It's one of the new ones. Mm. There is a variant where he's covered in this like green bile basically where he gets like thrown up on by Biolante. And I guess they're going to put, they're either going to, they're going to put that out, whether it's going to be an exclusive or a loot crate or, or something it looks like that's happening. And then there's another similar figure. Um, none of that's like been put out there or confirmed by NECA, but it's out there. Right. A lot of that, sometimes that stuff gets out before they make the official announcement, but that, that Godzilla is really cool looking. I kind of like that. It's like, their own inspiration like that's that's probably how they kind of get a they might maybe the king kong king yeah. kong yeah they maybe can't get their full license from universal or to do that exact likeness or whatever but uh king kong it's kind of one of those characters that's in the uh the the i don't know the collective Pantheon. conscious we yeah. all know what it is so mm-hmm. they can kind of do their own own thing uh yeah. 
Abby, what'd you think? It's a really cool original ter- interpretation. I think that, um, yeah, it's got, it's like eight inches tall, 30 points of articulation. I'm looking at the website. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, I want it. It's cool. Very cool. Um, Jake, what, uh, you're, you're the, you, 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 you kaiju. Uh, what, who should they do next now that we got Kong? I mean, I, I think it would be great if they started doing other, um, you know, other Godzilla kaiju you know other you know they, they they've stuck pretty heavily to godzilla and i don't know if that's because that's just where their copyright lands them or if or if uh you know maybe they don't think other monsters would sell as much but i would love to see i would love to see them do the fake godzilla from godzilla versus uh mecha godzilla where like the first time Mecha Godzilla shows up, he's wearing like a Godzilla suit. And he's like, try- <laughs> he's like, he's basically like trying to frame Godzilla. Everybody's like, Godzilla's gone bad, <laughs> but it's Mecha Godzilla just in a suit. But he looks different. Like he doesn't. It's they're not just using the exact same suit from. Uh-huh. Like he he's like facing Godzilla, and Godzilla like burns off part of the suit, and you can see the metal shining underneath it. Yeah, that would be a cool figure to do. Um, but I would love for them to do other monsters like, you know, some of the maybe some of the weirder ones, Gigan, Megalon. Those will be cool. I know you guys have no idea what I'm saying. I know. You're just, I know they look cool. Have Jake talking, we won't even know he's talking. No, about. I like it. No, I, I like, like it. it. It's I like that it. section of the toy store that I look at and I consider buying and I send you pictures of, but I don't myself know everything. Yeah. About. What was that thing? You saw, you saw something at Dave's comics. There was the like other day. A, a really good collection of kaiju monsters at Dave's. I don't Ooh. know what they were, but I sent them to you. It was Ultraman stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. That's cool stuff. Um, yeah, excited about King Kong. Uh, Neck is killing it. So definitely check out that interview. Obviously, they've got the Back to the Future stuff coming, and they're going to do what would have been San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. Uh, there's going to be a Gremlins uh, exclusive. There's going to be something. They hinted at something, Turtles, that sounds... I mean, Randy was talking about how he like brought it home for the family, and everybody gathered around the fireplace. And it's yeah. like when in the 50s when Dad got it's his a, first... It's a replica of the farmhouse. <laughs> Wait, oh my god that would be incredible that would be great that's yeah. something it, i would bring that home to the family it comes with donatello like that truck that donatello and casey jones it's are the working bathtub. on it's the bathtub for oh my god bathtub does it have april's yeah. artwork as a yep. accessory that'd be awesome what's a guy gotta do to get a little food around here um listen the porch swing i love it cool uh it comes with Corey feldman uh we're being uh-huh. hacked in real time. <laughs> we're, guys, we're being hacked in real time. Um, okay, cool. So good stuff. Excited about all the NECA stuff. Um, and there was a, a late-minute edition, uh, last-minute edition, I should say. Uh, they announced a, a toony, tiny, what do they call those things? An animated version of Ace Ventura. That figure is awesome. I love you, that. So you, you you sent that to us today, uh-huh. and I'm a little confused. We saw that at Toy Fair. The Ace Ventura one? Yes. I thought we did too. Oh well, shit! I yeah, think I was you so- sent that, and I was like, I was like, Craig was so you know occupied with the turtles and stuff. Did he? Did you just completely miss? It was at Toy Fair. Yeah, we looked at it. Well, I'm still excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like I feel like I need to go compare and make sure, but yeah, I feel like we saw that. Um, it, it's great. It's a hundred percent a cool figure, and it makes me feel like they should do the mask, Dumb and Dumber. Other mm-hmm. Jim Carrey figures. Jim Carrey, uh, he makes a good cartoon likeness. So, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, guys, I'm really sorry that I fucked up, that I sent you something it's you've okay. seen before. Let's like just quit. That's, Jake didn't even respond. He's like, I'm not even going to dignify him with a response. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to wait and just call him out on yeah. the show. When he brings it up. It's mm-hmm. better that way. Why don't we do this? We should run some sort of exclusive contest 
for yes have some where the grand prize is you get for one week you get to be in our group text is that a no. prize <laughs> no one week you get to ignore all the messages yeah literally uh, it's it's seven days of when are we recording what time can you do oh, it oh our group text <laughs> yeah our group okay text. i was thinking like of other group texts. okay no not that one okay no <laughs> one's allowed in that one uh which one the good one double h yeah double h no there's not some good stuff h. in there yeah <laughs> triple h that's where we talk about how much we love triple h all the time um cool so great stuff coming from NECA. very exciting um and uh before we move on i did do a video for youtube the top five real ghostbusters unreleased figures no that's not what it was that's literally not what it was what did i call it the top five unreleased ghostbusters figures of all time uh big difference it was <laughs> uh it's doing pretty well i'm excited about it i had fun doing that somebody got mad at me for including garrett from the extreme ghostbusters on the list why because I don't even want to read their comment. It was very offensive. Yeah, um, it was a comment. Somebody on YouTube was basically making a case that there's no way Garrett would ever be a Ghostbuster. Oh, my God. And I was like, dude. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's exactly what, home. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Go go back to your parents' house. Oh, it's upstairs. Mm-hmm. That's what I should have said. Mm-hmm. Um, Put your energy to something different. Yeah. Positive. Uh, <laughs> who's just sitting around mad about Garrett, yeah, the extreme Ghostbusters. Thirty years later, yeah. uh, apparently a lot of people. So check There's that a out. A lot it's of other the... stuff to be mad about in the world, bud. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what he was. That's what he's been upset about for the <laughs> last couple of weeks. That's that's the that's what he's fighting. Um, cool. So moving on. Okay, I'm excited about this. Jake, um, talked to you a couple nights ago. It was pretty late. I think you called us around midnight. I heard some traffic in the background. I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe you were kidnapped and you were talking in code. But, uh, Jake, you did a little late night Walmart trip, didn't you? You know, it wasn't like, yeah, it, it was, uh, I came home from work, got some stuff done. I was hanging out and then, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I knew that my Walmart had those Kenner classics. So I was like, I, I guess I should go get them. Even though I got a, even though I got a set on pre-order and even though you have a set waiting for me. I do. Um, at your place, I'm holding so I, many things for Jake right now. It's annoy. It, it annoys me that there's two different cards happening that there's like the card the carded figures with the uh what is it that it says so okay so i got some intel on this the um the original releases that came out that hit stores a couple months ago for the kenner real ghostbusters figures all say who you're gonna call in the top left corner the stuff that's hitting walmart now no longer has that there is a rumor and i will say this is a rumor that the reason they took it off is to avoid having to pay royalties to Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. Or is it because they wanted to sell more to people <laughs> like us who are now considering that to be a variant <laughs> edition that we have to purchase? Either way, it's working. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. All so that's annoying. So now the, I have three Oh, copies. so you, you found them. Well, I found them. I went and... Well, I, well, I didn't I don't have I have the newer, the ones that don't have the saying. Okay. But you I have got, a set for yes. me that that does have it. And none of us have gotten and a I Walmart also pre set. Right? Yeah. What? The Walmart orders Walmart has shipped Slimer and Stay Puffed, but has not shipped uh the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're, they're they're fucking up. Walmart's fucking up. Something's going on with Walmart. I, I got my two stay puffs. Showed up and they were both pretty beat up. And I thought one of them had a big, uh, like brown blotch on the paint, but I shook the box and it was just a little piece of lint that fell off. I was mm. so excited. 
was like, yes, fixed it. I'm a customizer now. Um, so cool. So you got your sets. I'm holding on to yours. Abby, do you have yours? Yeah, I've got my set in my, in my room under my bed. <laughs> under the no, bed. Our, your sets are my sets. Yeah. Like we everything is communal between the two of us. Um, yeah. So, well, Jake, I'm glad you found them. I still haven't seen any of the ones without the who you're going to call. Uh, but I haven't been to Walmart in, in a little bit. So I'll have to, right. I'll have to check it out. Um, so uh, what we're saying is Walmart has figures. Target has figures. Go shopping. Be safe. Go get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go get um, wear a mask. And Jake, you touched earlier on going to Jacksonville. I think our listeners will probably remember. I'm trying to piece together. About a year, year and a half ago, you, you found a toy store in Jacksonville that had a bunch of. I wouldn't call it. A, I wouldn't call it a store. What, yeah, what, don't re- dignify refer- it with the term <laughs> store. Re- refresh our real memories. Quick, on that. Okay, real quick. I was in Jacksonville. I was looking for some vintage toy stores, and I found this place that led me to a window tent place, which I pulled in. A guy met me at my car, excited <laughs> that I was there because it was a Jurassic Park car, and quote, he had a lot of Jurassic Park stuff. Mm. Um, so he had a, uh, a not a real store. It looked like something he had started to put together in the back room of a window tinting place. Everything was covered in mold. Everything was eaten probably by bugs or children or something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It all was three. all a bit of both. Stuff. Bug children. It was a whole situation. We did like we did an episode about it because he like didn't want to sell me anything. But I went back to Jacksonville. I went to a different store, um, a store that I had been to before. Really cool place. Um, it's called like Awesome Toys Jacks or something like that. Um, and uh, I'm looking around. I find a little Jurassic Park section, and I realize it's the same figure. It's like some of the same shit. Like the exact not not like oh this is the same toy I saw before. The exact same one. There was one in particular that I talked about on that episode and we posted a picture of where it had like the worst damage to the package. Like the figures were still pretty good inside it, but the packaging was like eaten up like so badly. Like (laughs) old and it looks like maybe this guy had bought some of that guy's inventory. I don't know if he they did some trading or he bought some stuff because the other guy probably needed money because he's not selling his fucking toys. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because window was, tinting isn't I, I like a up, I like, I, what I just figure like window tinting might not be like the best business strategy, like to actually sustain like livelihood. Yeah. Okay. Probably, yeah. Well, that's why he had but, the toy like, collecting it, business. He was trying to do them together and make some more money diversify. <laughs> it all sounds like the beginning yeah. of a horror movie anyway, but I'm glad that you got out Jake and right. continue. If you yeah, it was just yeah. it was just weird. It was some of the same figures. You know, I was like, oh, this is the exact same one that I tried to get the other guy to sell me and he wouldn't sell it to me. It's the same one right here. Uh, this is it in my hand. I took a picture of it and I was like, this is the exact same packaging. It's the same one. And mm-hmm. then I looked at some of the, it, that was the only one that this guy had. It was really in, in bad, bad condition. He had a couple other things that you can tell were from the same collection because they had like. The mold was starting on them, but he didn't have anything else that was like really rotting, you know. So it was just that one. I was like, "This is the same one," and uh, it was crazy. And like, part of me was like, "Well, am I, am I going to buy this over here?" But then I'm like, "No, fuck that guy. I'm not buying this mm-hmm. now." I'm yeah. Not like, no, I'll get it somewhere else. I did buy some stuff there, right? Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm not buying part of that guy's collection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, his legacy will not live on. Hey, no. I don't know if we ever talked about the follow up. <laughs> This is my favorite part. When we Jake, did. we I don't, so we did. So that guy ended up the that guy 
who we talked about with all the stuff Jake said, he ended up sending us a very angry email. He listened to the episode and he listened to me talk shit about his figures. His and then he sent, us, he sent us an email trying to like refute it and be like, this is not true. This is not true. And I'm like, well, we didn't respond to it. Cause I'm like, we don't need to, well, but I'm like, because I, we're I not pictures. I have pictures and videos of all of it. So we're not eBay. Like, what are you yeah. going to do? Open up a case against our <laughs> Jake's opinions? Yeah, I, don't, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's just, our I, official it's statement. Funny that he listened. I thought it was funny that he listened to the episode. And He's heard probably it. our biggest fan. He does great window tinting. Yeah. We'll say that. Uh, in my history, people involved sure. in, in window tinting are, are not people to be trusted. Mm. <laughs> just putting it out there. Um, it there well, there's something t- like disrespectful or something about toys in that condition, especially if you're not understanding their value, like that it, you could sell them for cheaper or at least there's just, you know, you, yeah. you got to relate. Or sell them at all. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a just weird sell, territory. Whatever, dude. I yeah. mean, when something's decrepit like that, you open, you take it out of the package and, and get what you get. Like, yeah. it's not even safe from a health perspective to have that stuff. Show around. that toy some respect, pop it out, put it up. People need to respect toys. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Well, Jake, I'm glad that uh, there's nothing worse than sitting at home on a Saturday and getting a text from Jake letting you know he's at a toy store. And I got that, like, I literally was like, I'm about to drive to Jacksonville. I'll meet you there. Get, <laughs> st- stay there for seven hours. I'll be right there. Dude, I'm itchy. Um, they had a bunch of Toy Biz, Batman stuff, Star Wars. It's a it's a good store. Do, do you have the name of that store, Jake? I think it's I think it's just like Awesome Toys Jacks. Okay. Something, it's something really simple like okay. that. Cool. Well, well, we'll get the name. We'll post about it. Make sure we give that guy uh, proper credit. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So um, God, that was fun. Dudes. It was kind of like taking a little trip to a toy store. Yeah, it felt good. And then, well, at the same time that Jake was at that toy store, Ryan Dole and Chris Stewart were at Toys R Us yeah. in group therapy, live streaming. I'm sitting at home, damn, watching nothing on TV, and mm-hmm. everybody else is buying toys. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> very upset. Mean, very meanwhile, every Friday you're on eBay spending tons of money buying just, just so like so much. Dude, I am holding posting. You put you made a post on the yes have something today of a mask collection, and I'm like, I didn't even fucking know he was buying mask toys. And <laughs> got the entire Did you feel betrayed when you saw that? I didn't even know about that. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody. Abby walked in. She's like, "What's that?" I was like, "Nothing. Get out of here." <laughs> you did it without me. Uh, the good thing about toy lines like the mask is they're so cheap. But yeah, they're very they're, cool. They're cool looking for the, as cheap as they are. Those figures are like five dollars a piece. Big and colorful. They're pretty and fun. small. Pretty small. Lines. They're pretty small. Yeah. The line's small, and every one of them comes with Milo. So I've got like ten dogs. It's really dumb. Um, I it, like that. It's amazing. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby, what are you holding? I was about to. I was gonna refute Jake's um, saying that we're uh, spending tons of money. Uh, our last eBay hang, I feel like I spent like twenty bucks. Maybe I got these. Uh, self-stick puffy stickers from Return of the Jedi and I sent you the picture Jake when I got them because they are probably the worst like artistic representations of the characters they're depicting but also funny as fuck like Jabba the Hutt's doing like uh what is that like a degeneration x thing it's like, like a suck cross it. trop yeah and then r2d2 is very surprised uh salacious crumb is he's always looking kind of sexual but it's great and then the chewbacca he's doing like this little like kicking his leg up and holding his gun <laughs> and it's just so dumb we and put I love a picture it. up on the uh, instagram yeah. it's uh it's the little things honestly that's kind of what i've enjoyed most about our ebay hangs because i haven't gotten the big stuff yet like i've been chasing the geonosis arena from uh, attack of the clones but just getting the little things like VHS tapes and stickers and stuff like that in the mail has been kind of nice. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, good stuff. So, uh, Jake, thanks for sharing your your adventures. Uh, uh, always good to hear that toys are being huh? toys are being bought. Mm-hmm. It's like that episode of Parks and Rec when uh, Ron wants to go to the steakhouse and it's closed, and he's like, "What do they do? What do you think happened to all the other steaks? You think they somebody ate them?" Like. Knowing that toys are sitting on shelves and people aren't buying them makes me very sad. Um, okay, cool. We're going to get to this Bill and Ted uh, trailer here in just a minute. Uh, this was kind of late breaking yesterday. So we talked about how Ghostbusters Day was canceled or postponed. Um, part of that was going to be the Josh Gad reunited apart. Uh, that is officially happening now this Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central. Uh the Back to the Future one and the Lord of the Rings ones were pretty long. I think the Lord of the Rings one was almost an hour. Um, so they put up like a two-minute clip, like a preview. Uh, I am very, very excited. Jake, did you check that out? Yeah, I watched it. It was it was funny. It was cute. Um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be good. Yeah. They got everybody. They got Weaver, Ackroyd, mm-hmm. Murray. Papa Dan, yeah. Dan. Mm -hmm. I do like when he he gets uh, Ivan on and Ivan's like, we're going to talk about Dave. Like (laughs) that joke. Like it's all funny. All of that played. I felt like it was the first time I'd laughed at something new in like three months. Yeah. Jason Reitman, they had already just did those jokes. Like if it was just an hour of like, and now we've got Dan Aykroyd. He's like, yeah, we're going to talk about Blues Brothers. Just kidding. It's Ghostbusters. They just keep it going. Um so that's going to launch Monday. We'll, next week on the pod, we'll, we'll we'll have a complete breakdown of that. There are. I'm looking forward to that so much. It's going to be good. Yeah, we've been like well, scraping we talked the bottom about of doing, the barrel. Uh, now I, I joked uh, about doing. So the show's called Reunited Apart. I, I joked about doing an after show. I think I was texting with Troy Benjamin called. What do you call like reuniting after the reunion when they're back apart after show? Reuniting. Okay. It's not going to cool. happen. It's not going to happen. That's- yeah, reuniting those that were apart yeah. after they were reunited. Um, what I'm saying is I'm excited, and I, I, I do. Rick Moranis is. They've announced it. Josh Gad put it on Twitter. Rick Moranis is not on it. Mm. Um, so he's uh, he's given Ghostbusters the cold shoulder. Mm. Uh, that's fine. We'll, okay, we'll be. He'll okay. come out for Disney. But. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna get, he's got that Disney Plus money. Got it. Um, so that's gonna be Monday. Uh, there are rumors uh, of a trailer. Uh, being somehow packaged with this uh, reunion. Mm -hmm. uh, A trailer, a three-minute and five-second new trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife has been approved uh, by the the trailer rating board. Uh, The the new trailer apparently is called Pass the Proton Pack. Okay. Uh, That's kind of what the trailer is being referred to as. Whether or not that hits on Monday or on Ghostbusters Day or six months from now, we do not know. But... uh, Hey, there's a chance we got some really cool stuff happening uh, pretty yeah. soon because a little uh, sliver of hope right there. A little bit of hope. Uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Hell yeah. Um, and I always love when people are like, I can't believe they got Bill Murray. I'm, I'm listen. There's been they've got him every time. There's been the, the Afterlife will be the fourth Ghostbusters movie to star Bill Murray out of four. Like he's usually involved. Um, so glad he glad he is though. Cool. Well, let's move on. Um, any any other final thoughts on that before we uh, talk about this uh, Bill and Ted? No, dude. No? I, no. no? Uh-uh. I think it was respectful that they postponed it. I understand. I'm bummed that it happened, but I'm looking forward to Ghostbusters Day taking place in the future. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Obviously, uh, there's obvious reasons why it was pushed back. So yeah. when it happens, it when it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. So um, Bill and Ted Face the Music, the long-awaited third Bill and Ted movie 
It's been in some form of development for about 10 years. It's finally coming out on August 21st. At least as of right now, it's coming out on August 21st. They did not put that date on the trailer. Um, but let's talk about it. We, we're all anticipating it. We've talked about Bill and Ted a lot on the show. The trailer hit. Jake, you sat down on your luxury recliner. You watched it. With, <laughs> your personal massage chair. I don't know where you watched it. Work. At work. Okay. At work. Uh, what what'd you think? What are your first reactions? Gut reactions. Uh, first, first reactions, gut reactions. It looks like there's some fun stuff in here. Unfortunately, I think it's a bad trailer. It's only a minute long, so it is really hard to judge it one way or the other. Um, I'm getting some weird vibes off it. There is some stuff that looks like, oh, this is not going to be good. But then there's also some kind of fun stuff in there. Like, I don't know what to think currently. I need a I don't know what the decision was to be like first trailer movies coming out in three months. Let's put a one minute teaser that basically feels like a TV spot where it's kind of like cut really weird and mm-hmm. not really giving you like i don't know what the thought process there was i think it's a bad trailer but i'm very excited to see this movie all right abby gut reaction dude i'm right there with you jake um i would say that i get the vibe that there's going to be a few funny moments especially with death like that one little clip from that scene which will probably be at the end looks funny but um it's you don't know it'll probably be at the end it could be the first scene of the movie Okay. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I know either. it's an oddly cut trailer, and I know that it has choppy dialogue, and that Alex Winter is somehow a better actor than Keanu Reeves in this trailer, <laughs> and that's disconcerting because Keanu Reeves is awesome. I know, Craig, you mentioned the whisper factor—the fact that he's never spoken above a whisper in a movie recently. Well, it's been like twenty-five years. Like he, even in John Wick, it's not a very dialogue-driven movie. Like Keanu Reeves has proven himself; he, he's great at what he does, but. For a 60-year-old man to tap into that, like, California, like, kind of... Teenage. Uh, teenager. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you got to go into it with the fact that these are older guys now. And it might not. It might be a little bit hard to go back into that character exactly like you remembered it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I gave... Exactly like Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah. Well, we're going to get that, there. Toster. I literally put... I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber 2 because I don't want to put myself through that. So I watched the trailer for it just to like see what the comparisons, like if they really added up. And yeah, there's a similar vibe with like the daughters and all that kind of stuff. But it, I think Dumb and Dumber 2 seems like a worse movie. And the trailer I, I thought was less funny than uh, the Bill and Ted uh, trailer, which I actually laughed a good amount at. Um, and I also it may have been the fact that I was watching a trailer for the first time, and that's just exciting um, because it's been so long since we've had something new to discuss and digest. And um, Bill and Ted's one of my favorite things. So I, I'm excited to see them on screen, but it definitely feels like there's going to be some uncomfortable moments and probably some like poorly thrown together stuff. So I'm kind of worried about it panning out and becoming like a really memorable movie. Um, it might just be kind of a fun little joy ride, which is fine. For Bill and Ted, it doesn't need to be more than that for me. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough one for me because I do. I I liked the trailer. It took me a couple times. I watched it a few times. I do agree that it's a weirdly cut trailer, and it does that thing, Jake. We've talked about it so many times. That weird thing that they do in trailers, where they kind of reassemble dialogue to kind of work for the context of the trailer, but it's probably taking taking from take in from other parts of the movie. And it's very clear, like 
everything feels very rough and kind of like cut and paste as far as like the whole like we have to go steal the song from ourselves. Why would we steal from ourselves? Like that does not feel hey, like it plays like that in the movie. Can I can I ask you guys a question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. As as a Bill and Ted fan, yeah. right? Yeah. As as somebody who's watched Bill and Ted one and two a lot. Yeah. So the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. So the villain, what's his name? Del, uh, he's got a weird name. I can't ever remember his name. Yeah. Uh, he. I'll look it up. Yeah. Look. He uses his machine to make it where every TV in the world is watching. He's like, you're going to listen to me. And, and, and they make it a point to say every television in the world is going to see this happen. And then what happens is Bill and Ted defeat him. They go to the future really quick to learn guitar. Yes. They come back. Yes. And Bill and Ted and the, and, and the band. Yeah. They play the song. Yes. Yeah. And the entire world sees it. And the ending credits of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is like newspaper clippings where it's like Bill and World Peace. It's like is, an epilogue. Yeah. Like, but yeah, but that's so how does how do we get to part three? And they're like, oh, you guys didn't do it yet. And I'm like, but we watched them do it in part three. Three. Well, it makes me wonder how they're going to address. Two. They're, yeah, they're they're going to have to address. Like, let's okay. Here's what I'm going to say before we have this discussion. We realize that this is Bill and Ted, and they're fun and silly moments of a certain time period. But by the way, his name is De- Denomalos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Denomalos. Mm-hmm. It's like a. But we take it seriously. So I think. They need to address exactly what you're talking about, Jake. Like they, need- I'm sure they, I'm sure they will because, like, you know, the first line in the trailer is like, 30 years ago, you played a concert to the entire world." That's what she's referring to. Right. She's referring to the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Right. But the credits of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey shows us that that is the event that caused the world peace. And they're like, right. Bill and Ted, you know, like I, I, I rewatched the ending to make sure I'm not just being dumb. But mm-hmm. I'm like, everybody in the world watches them play that awful kiss song and like <laughs> there's like newspaper clippings. That's like Bill and Ted. Do you know this. what? I'm not a hundred percent sure like, what oh. they, if you watch the end of Bill and Ted's Burger's journey, they play the beginning of the kiss song and they're rocking out and then it cuts to the credits and it's just kiss doing the kiss song. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what song they ended up playing. <laughs> they just played the intro and then they were like, it's just, it's just weird to me that the third movie is based on like, Oh, we've never done the thing that they said we would do. And I'm like, but you did. And we all watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the finale of the last movie. Mm. Yeah. 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 And then again, you want to, when you think about Bill and Ted logic and like how they make things happen and like leave mem- like things for themselves in the future, like Dude, I, Bill and Ted it's logic. all going to get scrapped anyway, but still it's almost, if it's undoing stuff that you enjoyed from the second movie, it's kind of a bummer to be like, oh, well, so we're just, that didn't happen. It's a little frustrating. Listen, it's something they, I don't know. They'll, they're going to have to explain it. They're yeah. going to have to explain that. Otherwise we're walking out together. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of us. I, th- I think they'll address it. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot. That, I, I'm, I was kind of bummed about the trailer because there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Like it's really, it's a very very quick. It's a minute long. Right. We don't we don't get much. Like we get enough. We get enough to say like, okay, Keanu Reeves is not good in this movie. Apparently, <laughs> Alex Winter. Now, Alex Winter looks, sounds, and acts like he just came off of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's it. We don't know anything else. Like it's so it's such a 
small amount of footage um, that it's like, okay, I, I can't. The, are we even going to get another trailer? The movie's coming out in three months. Like, why even put another trailer out? They should have just put out one three minute actual real trailer mm-hmm. and been like, this is all we're going to put out until the movie. But like, now we just have this weird system. Of- a trailer is supposed to like, I don't know. I feel like I immediately need a new trailer. But this trailer did less for me than not having a trailer. Right. I because it's kind of a, like, it's kind of a tweener, right? It's more than a teaser. Cause if it was just a teaser where it was like 30 seconds, you see the concert, you see Bill and Ted and then that's it. That's like, Ooh, yeah. I can't yeah. wait to see more. That's a tasty little appetizer that makes you want more. But this, versus a disconcerting kind my, of mashup. My whole thing going into it, I was like, I want to hear what they sound like. Cause I'm worried. Like, this is kind of the the more broad discussion of when you're when you've got actors revisiting characters that they haven't played in a very long time and you're doing a sequel there's not a great track record for it right so um it's been done before i think the odd couple did it like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon they did it like 50 years later and but whatever we're not going to talk about that especially um, with yeah we're talking about comedies like arrested development trying to come back felt was very weird. stilted and weird it was weird yeah um and it's especially hard with something like bill and ted where it's so rooted in pop culture we've seen these movies so many times and we've lived with these characters for 30 years the thing is ed solomon who's the writer of the movie on twitter said he he wrote both Bill and Ted movies, and he wrote this one. He's only seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure three times. <laughs> so he cool. he said he watched it uh, at a cast and crew screening, and then once when it was in theaters, and then once about ten years ago for like a DVD commentary thing. So we we that that you have to take that into account. Like it's a little bit scary when they're revisiting these characters. Obviously, we only saw a couple seconds. So let's talk about Abby. What did you like in the trailer? What were the things that stood out that you thought were, were positives for you? I liked Alex Winter. Um, I feel like he made me laugh, especially in the beginning opening dialogue. Um, trying to think. I liked, like I said, the like the musical moment where you saw death come out. And that's right. obviously evocative of the first uh, or the second movie. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other moments that like really stood out. The prison stuff was like kind of funny, but also eh, didn't like really hit me so okay i can't i can't think of like a a, like an over-the-top favorite moment okay which is probably saying like a statement in and of itself okay all right they did they they showed bill and ted's daughters for about two seconds seconds. yeah Yeah, that wasn't enough for like me to get interested right yeah i don't i don't think anything in this trailer is funny except for maybe like the only thing that i think is kind of and it's not even like laugh out loud funny but i thought it was funny whenever they like you know, whenever the the people from the future are like, what do you have to say for yourselves? And they just do the same, like, be excellent to each yeah. other. Right, Part right. Yeah. And then they kind of like look at each other because it's like obviously not working anymore. <laughs> yeah. That is the only part that I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's funny. That's but there funny. was nothing. N- there's no other dialogue except for like, let's steal it from ourselves. And I'm like, that's the clunkiest dialogue I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. That's not funny. Right. And that like, what else? That's it. Yeah. Um, I... I agree with those. Those are my highlights as well. Um, knowing that the movie, if you look at the cast list, like there's a lot of really talented and funny people in the movie um, that obviously are not in the trailer, like Kristen Shaw's in the movie, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jill- yeah. Jillian Bell, 
Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, the two girls are going to play Bill and Ted's daughters. And we know that like Missy's back and Ted's dad's Ted's back. back. Um, God, I hope like, dude, I don't know if you, uh, I know like we, we've had so many discussions about how comic books are never like, you know, there's all the Ghostbuster comic books that were always like, this doesn't count. Even if it's in the canon, it doesn't count. Nobody reads like not enough people read those comics. They did, they did a run of Bill and Ted comics. A, a little while back yeah. and uh, I picked some of them up and uh, and like Napoleon came back as the villain. Oh, that's um, great. But something that I thought was funny was like at the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey, one of the newspaper articles is that the villain marries uh, Missy. Oh, <laughs> Delamidos? Like, Delamidos? No one says Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it would be so funny if he's just in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like his stepdad. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it would be like, it would be like, uh, Bill, I can't believe after, what's he say? After Missy left your dad and married mine, and then married the de- 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 I can't see his fucking name. Denominos. Because that guy sounds funny. He's like, Bill and Ted. Like, um, hey, you know, you know what else I think might be like low key my favorite part in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. They, I didn't realize this until I was just watching clips from it, and at the very so at the end they they you know they show up and they defeat the the evil robot uses. Right. That's who they think the villain. They never <laughs> meet. Yeah. Right. Domino's yeah. until that ve- he shows up. He shows up at the very end and he's like, this is what I'm going to do. And it's like a two minute confrontation where they're like, we put the cage, you know, and we, we planted the gun and then they (laughs) defeat him. Yeah. And then like, I think it's Bill has a line. who's like, we don't know who that guy is. It's like, they (laughs) literally don't know that the villain, they thought it was the robot. Us as the entire, like they thought those were the villains. Um, They're literally like, we don't know that guy. (laughs) So it looks, Oh, okay. I thought that was the, um, Denomalos is who's Denomalos? Well, he's oh Chuck. Okay, that's the villain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got that's it. the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, it, got it, got it. He, he. It's explained at the beginning of Bogus Journey that he was like uh, Rufus's teacher, like okay. his mentor. Yeah, right. Okay. Um. By the way, the scene in Bogus. Well, let's just talk about Bogus Journey for a few, when. <laughs> Rufus throws the guitar and it like it gets stuck on top of the phone booth and then he goes like through the circuits of time like yeah trailing off the back like Marty McFly that's great I love it that's that's great yeah I'm worried about uh face the music I've been worried about it for a while I haven't vocalized it I I don't I'm not 100% sure that this is if you're bringing back Bill and Ted that this is the best plot yeah and bringing them into the net I feel like if it was a total throwback and like feel good like uh to like an 80s feeling late 80s feeling film rather than like seeing them in the super, now kind of thing super modern I, i'm not I, sure that if that's what anyone wanted that doesn't bother me as much but just like the whole like it's kind of what jake already touched on like your plot is kind of negating the end of the second one and that's some of the worry i think people sometimes have with ghostbusters afterlife is are you going to reference the events of the second movie that we all know and love right uh, which I'm sure they will in some form. Um, I mean, they're they're clearly not negating Bogus Journey because death is right, in this. Because death is you in know, it. and it's not like it's just a weird thing that they. I, I just need I just needed answered why 
that isn't the event they're saying they didn't do when it is. I just, I don't understand. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure it will, it will probably be explained in kind of like a jokey way. You know, they'll probably be like, Oh, well, it, I don't know. That didn't happen or mm-hmm. not that it didn't happen, but it just didn't, it wore off, you know, maybe, maybe the effects wore off very quickly or something and right. whatever. I, I think though, just like overall, man, I just need a, I need an actual trailer. This this wasn't enough for me to give. I can sit here and complain about it and say, oh, it looks bad, but it's a one minute trailer, and I can't judge an entire movie on one minute. Right. You know, like right. the trailer is not great, but I think the movie can still be right. Right. Good. Well, we've so. gotten bad trailers before yeah. that turn out to great movies. True. Yeah. And great trailers that turn out to be bad movies. Suicide, exactly. Suicide Squad. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, the only thing that this trailer leaves me wondering is why is the ladder on the wrong side. Oh, wrong movie. The, the ladder on the wrong side of the phone booth. Um, yeah. I did think the special effects and stuff look cool. Like, I'm, I'm glad. So, I, so some people compared it to, like, the Dumb and Dumber trailer and stuff. And th- that kind of is the broader discussion. I think Harrison Ford did a great job in, in coming back after so much time to, you know, Crystal Skull is not the best movie in the world. In fact, we watched it last night. Mm-hmm. But he does a good job as Indiana Jones. And he did great as Han Solo in Force Awakens. Um, but it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey kind of, they almost felt like even caricatures of themselves from the original movie. Because if you remember the original Dumb and Dumber, there's a lot of subtlety to those characters. And the the their humor comes from a lot of the situations they're in and their facial expressions and their one-liners. And then the there's a lot of weird gross-out humor in the second movie and a lot of weird puns. And just, it almost felt like whoever wrote it, like, which I think were the original writers, like they had kind of just lost touch with what made uh, the original Dumb and Dumber good. So um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I do think this movie will be fun and will, even if it doesn't turn out to be like, you know, live up to the first two movies, I think it's going to have the spirit of Bill and Ted no matter what. Um, But having said all that, Joe Dirt 2 is awful. Zoolander 2 is awful. Yeah. Anchorman 2 is not great. Sometimes it's really hard to have a follow-up. And, and Sometimes it's yeah, a fluke or time. lightning in a bottle or whatever. Like that thing that you're talking about where it's like smart humor, but it's accessible to everybody and there's lots of dumb like physical jokes in it, but still it appeals to that high Well, I'm sick in. of people. I've seen these people post like, Guys, let's not pretend like Bill and Ted is a great movie. Like, no. There's Oedipus jokes and Oedipal jokes, and that's smart shit. It's yeah, funny. Those movies are good. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying they're they're like Jurassic Park. I'm saying they're better. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I think I don't know. I don't I don't think that's a good excuse. Like, come on, don't don't have high standards for the new movie. Let's not pretend like like that's that's bullshit. I don't like that at all. Like I want to love the new Bill and Ted. I hope it's amazing. And I did. I think I enjoyed the trailer a little bit more than both of you. But I do. I I picked up on the same red flags. Like Jake, when yeah. I watched that trailer in my head, I was like, Jake didn't like this. I know he didn't. <laughs> I know it. And it's not because like we joke about how like oh Jake doesn't like that's not Jake likes a lot of things. I've seen him eat yeah. different sandwiches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen him watch all sorts of movies and say I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew. I knew. <laughs> Jake likes sandwiches. Let's put it out there. Um, I, I knew there would be some mixed feelings. So yeah. general discussion, though, we still haven't seen the original GBs reprising their roles in the new movie. Yeah. Could we be in for a similar... Weirdness? Weirdness. Could- sure. Probably a little bit. 
Like, it could be an off step or something weird, but sure. But here's the thing: I I feel like Dan Aykroyd is a. I feel like Dan Aykroyd is very like his his tiny cameo in Answer the Call is basically Ray. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Ray is too close to Dan Aykroyd's own yes. personality that he'll be fine. Winston's probably not actually going to be in the movie. <laughs> stop! Stop! Bill, stop! Oh, it. He will. Um, I, no, I think Bill, I think I think those. I feel like we've gotten enough. Like you know, we got voiceover from from you know all four of them. I know it's been a while at this point, but it all was like this sounds cool. This sounds like Ghostbusters. I think it'll be fine. Like they're not. The thing is, the thing that's different is that, um, you know, those guys are just playing like. I don't want to say normal people, but they're playing just people. They're not like putting on these weird voices to right. do the Ghostbusters. Yeah. They're not playing like idiots to right. do the Ghostbusters. Like right. Bill and Ted, you know, uh, Harry and Lloyd. You have those to buy are into such that stupidity. weird cartoon like characters that I think it's probably easy to forget how to how you did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree. I Jake, I that was all very well put. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree. I think. Uh, Ernie Hudson can step back into Winston any day of the week. Yeah, 100%. I think I think all three of those guys can. Um, yeah. it, I will be. I think Bill Murray is the one I'm most interested in because, our you know Bill Murray can be very charismatic and very charming. He can also, in his acting, in the roles he's taken over the past 10, 15 years, have been a little bit more deadpan, a little bit more dry. Yeah. And you in 2009 when he reprised Venkman for the video game, the delivery we all the delivery was a little bit. Just it felt a little off. Well, I think he's I think his mood and his acting is probably a byproduct of the environment that he's in. And when reading that Vanity Fair article that came out about the set with Jason Reitman and all the like humor and fun they were having, I feel like I I have hope and honestly feel like Bill Murray will probably be closer to the best version of himself if he's having a good time on set and he's doing something with really funny and smart people like the crew behind Ghostbusters Afterlife. So I kind of think that there's a good chance that that we could see the best version of him. And I, just like Jake said, I think that Dan Aykroyd is like always ready to be Ray Stance. He was that in Evolution and in every other role he's he played. He was Ray yeah. Stance in the fucking photo line at Ghostbusters Fan Fest. <laughs> yes. He's always Ray Stance. It's yes. fine. Yeah. Um, we love I, it. I agree. I think I think we're all on the same page. You know, the, I think the weird thing is, though, we're it's it's uh we're four weeks away from what would have been the release date for Afterlife. So, you know, I don't think any of us by the, in June, June 11th, 2020, we still haven't seen the original guys. We don't know what the context is for that movie, but I agree with you, Abby. I think you get that environment, you get Dan and Bill and Ernie and, uh, it's the people that you work with. Yeah. Yeah. You surround yourself with that. I think can give you that energy and that spark and at least remind you of what it was like when you were on set back in the day. So I think, well, and also listen, Bill Murray has come around over the last couple of years. He has, I think he's a little bit more reflective of his early career. Compassionate. I think he's working, you know, somebody posted the other day, this was really cool and it really, I don't know. I think you guys would probably agree with me. Anytime I think about Groundhog Day leading to the the falling out between Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, it bums me out. You know, it really, it really bums me out mm-hmm. because they did such great work together. And who knows? They could have done not even just Ghostbusters three. They could have done a lot more together. Um, but somebody on one of the autograph groups I'm in had a story about 
um, watching the filming of Groundhog Day in Woodstock, Illinois, when he was a kid and standing off to the side with his autograph book and Bill Murray coming over and signing his autograph book. And him and Bill Murray said, I'm going to do you one better and took the book over to the director's table and had Harold Ramis sign it too. And that was like, that was like, okay, that's really cool. I don't know if it makes up for like the 30 year falling out, but but I'm glad that at least that day Bill was in a good mood. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. I hope we get this trailer soon. I hope we see some sneak peeks, uh, and some some surprises coming out of the Josh Gad, uh, event Monday. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So yeah, like not a whole lot more to unpack with Bill and Ted. Abby, any final thoughts on that trailer? I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to be over the moon for it because there's a good chance it could be a completely forgettable flop that's uncomfortable to watch. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I did like their tattoos on on the the prison tattoos. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Jake, any final thoughts on Bill and Ted? No, I mean, I think I I think it's we just need to see more. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Last thing. Um. We're, we're at the hour mark here. What We're going to be wrapping up here in a few. Um, we had a little bit of an anniversary this week. Uh, it has been one year since Ghostbusters Fan Fest. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I've been seeing all the pictures and all the memories. And you know what? And we talked about this about a month ago. I've got good memories of that trip. That was a great trip. A lot of seminal moments in YHS history. Jake didn't see it. Didn't even see it. <laughs> that happened on that trip. Yeah. Uh, we got to meet people from all over the world, got all these great experiences. Uh, yeah. Obviously, FanFest had some some highs and some lows and some stress, uh, but but overall was a, a really great day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to, I know a lot of our listeners were there. And we met a lot of people. And I just wanted to say that I, I miss being there <laughs> still. Yeah. I miss being with those people. For sure. Like being surrounded by our friends from around the country and going out for dinners and toy hunting and exploring California with the two of you was awesome. And yeah, it was a really the time that we spent on the lawn at um at the at the Sony lot was really special seeing um Dan and uh, Ernie and Ivan and Jason everyone come out like I'll never forget that and I think that was worth the price of admission so grateful we got to do that yeah it was good stuff and uh the uh <laughs> the, the stress that followed and the yeah. oh man so there's we've good got st- like footage of our stress there's happening a- live oh yeah I found a screenshot in, in one of the videos on YouTube of the three of us it's in the video. This guy's just panning. It's some random guy's video. And it's the three of us like on the ground unrolling prints. And Abby's like, it won't fit. It doesn't Jake, fit. And Jake's like yelling at me like, Craig, you know, Jake, you know, sometimes when I'm doing something stupid and you are observing it and you're telling yeah. me to like stop it. Yeah. That somebody caught that in the wild. Uh, it's amazing. I'm glad they did. <laughs> Craig, stop it. Craig, Craig, Craig. <laughs> um, it's like, uh, I, I probably could tell this story now and we'll, we'll wrap up on this. When, um, when, uh, we were doing some filming, uh, some more Dr. Pepper stuff uh, just before quarantine. Uh, and all that stuff's kind of on hold right now. But uh, we had our buddies Hal and Mike over helping. And uh, at one point... <laughs> this is about Josie. Yeah. At one point, it, it, it was kind of a... It was a stressful day because there was a lot of moving parts. And we were, we were doing a lot of stuff. Changing costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at one dealing point... Dealing with COVID-19. We thought the cat, uh, Jonesy, had gotten out. And we kind of shut everything down and we were looking for the cat. And I was getting really stressed and I was getting really upset and freaking out. And I pulled Jake into the kitchen. I said, Jake, everybody needs to leave right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Jake goes, no, 
shut up. We're fine. Um, I was trying to kick everybody out, including until we found Joe. Until I found the cat. By the way, he was behind uh, one of the toy uh, cabinets. Yeah, he was behind the the shelf. He was behind the shelf. Um, So yeah, I'm glad I didn't kick Hal and Mike out. They would have been like, shut up. They would have also been like, no, we're not leaving. <laughs> like, I had no control of the situation at all. Uh, but Jake, I just wanted to thank you for all the times that you've calmed me down. You're welcome. There's probably going to be plenty more. <laughs> we look forward to them. I cannot wait to be out in public freaking out again at an Olive Garden parking lot. <laughs> that was Craig's first panic attack that Jake helped him with. <laughs> Craig, just park, just park at the car. <laughs> Such an idiot. Oh, my God. Um, All right, cool. So uh, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. A lot going on. Um, Another reminder, because I really am uh, passionate about this project, check out those prints from Ghostbusters 2 at the GB containment unit from Jack Johnson. Uh, They're very, very cool. Uh, One time only to get your hands on some art that has never been available before. And um, yeah, I'm going to, I got a box to open that came in the mail today. Everybody's going to yell at me when I do. Um, because, uh, I like toys and I'm, I'm dabbling with other brands that I, I never thought I would. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Focused collecting. I don't have it. You're not focused. I don't have it. Yeah. Last thing, Jake, how are your Congo figures? I know they fell over the other day. Um, I'm just going to leave them like that. I can't control them. They're out of my control. They will not stand up. I'm going to have to get some stands. They're the only figures in my entire collection that continue to fucking fall over. Um, I hate that I opened those. Yeah. I liked that we filmed it. That was fun. (laughs) Jake was so mad at the end. But yeah, it's a bummer. I can't believe that happened this year. It feels like it was 10 years ago. One of the only events of 2020. Yeah. Uh, Well, cool. So we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much to everybody for your continued support and listenership. We really appreciate it. More Patreon bonus content coming up. We're going to do Nothing But Trouble, I think, is uh, what we kind of teased. So we'll we'll do that. I've never seen it. I don't think Abby's ever nope. seen it. Uh, so we'll do a full breakdown of that movie. And uh, maybe we'll have Dan Aykroyd join us. Can Stranger, we? Stranger cool. things have happened. Uh, probably not, but uh, you never know. And uh, Jake, anything else before we sign off? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, I, I think I'm just... I, I, I know I know they're listening. So just I got two messages for two groups of people. All right. Here all we right. go. This is important. Listen. First of all, please put out a better Bill and Ted trailer immediately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let your toys get moldy and then try to sell them to people. <laughs> yeah. Is there a chance that the person who cut the Bill and Ted trailer is the guy who owned the shop? In it's Florida? the same guy. Same quality of work. Um, I, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I, uh, you know, I, here's my real final thought on the Bill and Ted trailer. I think it's a tough position because they don't want to give a lot away. They know they have to put out some sort of teaser. The timeline is weird. Let's just, let's just say that I think there's a good movie in there. Uh, but it, it wasn't the strongest trailer. If you think, and it's hard because we got that Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer in December, and that's like one of the great teaser trailers of all time, mm-hmm. or whatever. If you call yeah. it a teaser, a full trailer, like completely sets the stage. You know exactly what that movie is going to be all about, even though you didn't even see mo- majority of the characters. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a little bit tougher for something like Bill mm-hmm. and Ted, but we'll, we'll, we'll hold out hope it's going to yeah, be out. Lowered expectations might be a good thing in the end. It could blow us, you know, blow our minds. It could blow it us. It could blow us. <laughs> I always do ah. that. I, I hope it does. 
I really do. Um, cool. Well, we'll sign off. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that I found out yesterday that Abigail eats ice cream in the shower. Yeah, and you should too. Well, Ever, I introduced you to it. Shower ice cream is a the li- weirdest thing I've ever heard. No, it's not. Have you ever had something cold while you're fully immersed in steam and something hot? It's like you feel like a like you're rich. Ice cream. Yeah, in the shower with the spoon. Just keep the ice cream out of the stream of water. And that the- sounds more. That sounds more gummo and less. Uh-uh, <laughs> no, it's not spaghetti. And my shower's clean. It's not going to eat the entire tub of ice cream. It's like a little... Oh, like now a, you're backtracking. It's the top layer, and you just enjoy it with some this classical is, music in the this shower. Is, this is how we're going to end. Lit. This is exactly what happened. I'm, I'm watching TV, and I hear from the from the bathroom, Craig, you got to see this. You got to try this. I don't this. talk like that. I'm you not gotta, your dad. You got to try this. I go, what? I'm eating ice cream in the shower. Okay. <laughs> shower ice cream. Um, That's so, amazing. So it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, For Jacob Walsh. Yeah. Do it. Abigail Get Gardner. some shower ice cream. Be safe. Wear um, a mask. Next week, we'll have complete reactions to Ghostbusters uh, reunited apart with Josh Gad. Mm-hmm. And they're teasing some really cool surprises. Whether or not we get additional footage, still images, or trailers for Afterlife is to be seen. We will update everybody as it happens. For Abigail Gardner and Jacob Walsh, my name is Craig Goldberg. I didn't even see it. Mm, shower ice cream. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, folks. Bye, guys. Jack, you know, we're, we're really glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, you know, you've got, you're on with Tom and Matt here from the containment unit. We have a very special uh, co-worker, cohort, friend of the group, if you will. Uh, Craig Goldberg from Yes Have Some Podcast is with us today. Hello. Morning, Craig. Um, you know, Jack... We're really excited to chat with you, all three of us here. Um, your work is stunning. Um, we we are proud and honored to be the ones to kind of introduce you to the Ghostbusters fandom. Um, for those of you watching this, Jack uh, was a production illustrator on Ghostbusters 2. He's responsible for some iconic things that we're going to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Jack, you know, we know you had a, a career in Hollywood that spanned over 27 years. And I was just wanting to, uh, you know, hear how you got started. And it, it was art always your passion? Uh, I think by the time I was six, I sort of knew I was going there somewhere. Uh, you know, all it takes is you do a little uh, thing with some crayons of a cat, and it sort of looks like a cat. And you have some aunt that says, oh, my God, that's wonderful. It looks like a cat. And you're done, you know, uh, Anyway, um, I majored in art in high school, which meant two years, so I I learned a little bit there, Uh, and I suppose I was one of the top couple of kids, which, again, reinforces it, but uh, I'd been, uh, after I went to Art Center, I got into advertising for about 12 years and uh, freelance for three and then I got a call from a guy uh, I'd gone to Art Center with, Tom Cranham, who said, uh, who asked if I might be interested in the movie industry. Uh, and I said, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, what, what's the story? And he said, basically, uh, the unions had always been tough as hell to get into, but all of a sudden there was so much work that uh, they were dragging people off the street. 
So I went over and uh, had an interview with uh, Erwin Allen on a a wonderful uh, movie called Evil Knievel. I mean, it was... It was really awful, but but basically I was doing storyboards, and I'd done advertising storyboards, so what's the big deal? And uh, I learned, they taught me a little bit about camera angles and and learning how to do arrows, and it made some sort of sense, and uh, I was off and running, but after, uh, they, I could only work for six weeks before I had to join the union, so I did the six weeks, the head of the union called. And he's a guy with the new Cadillac every year and jewelry all over himself and go, went back to where they burned cars and turned them over in the street and all that stuff. And I said, well, look, I've been doing okay with the uh, advertising right now, so I, I think I'll pass. And he nearly shit a brick. I mean, he was just violent about what I was passing up. So, um, anyway, uh, about six months later, maybe three or four months later, the advertising business had dried up. I called my friend Tom to see if anything was going, and he sent me to a guy who was working in the effects department for the first Star Trek movie. But... I had to join the union, so it basically meant I had to call this guy, get on my knees, and say, you know, I think it changed my mind, and I I probably made a mistake, and I'd like to join the union. So he didn't punish me too much, and that's how I got into it. So Star Trek was your first uh, major feature film? Yes. You know, looking at your filmography, Jack, and we'll talk about a, uh, you know, a handful of those in a little bit, but you've worked on some of the most iconic movies uh, for our generation. You know, we're all here mid-30s, um, you know, Beetlejuice, Lost Boys, Goonies. Uh, you've worked on a lot of movies that are very near and dear to all of us. Jurassic um, Park 3. Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> hey, I love Jurassic Park what? 3. Me too. Oh. <laughs> Base Ventura, uh, Independence oh, Day, classics. Classics. Uh, I'm, I'm partial to Christmas Vacation myself. That was that was a stunner. <laughs> a big, high-level film, yes. <laughs> so, you know, let's just jump into it because we want to focus a lot on, on your work on Ghostbusters 2. Um, how did you... How did you transition from what you were working on before? Like, how did you become involved with Ghostbusters? The production designer, uh, the tendency is uh, for illustrators, among others, to, to when they get a good relationship with a production designer, they stay with them within reason. Uh, what usually happens is the production designer is on the film a hell of a lot longer than you are. So even though they want you and they like your work, you could go six months without being able to work with that person. So you wind up having three or four, or at least I did, production designers that uh, would want me to work with them. So generally, it it would work out well that way. And uh, uh, Bo Welch was probably one of the two best production designers I I worked with in uh, my entire career. 
he, in fact, uh, a little side issue, uh, introduced me to the, uh, the Art Directors Guild in, when they gave me a Lifetime Achievement Award, which then I got to throw in. I'm also in the Academy, so it means that even though I live out here in the middle of nowhere, uh, I get all the videos for all of the films that are up. I don't vote anymore uh, because I just figured I was getting too old and removed from all of it. But it was uh, it was fun when I did. But hell, I get seventy I get seventy films, and I, there's no way I'm going to watch all those to uh, over each year and vote. Anyway, sorry to <laughs> slide sideways there, but Bo Bo is a, an off the wall kind of uh, production designer that could draw himself, which is a whole other story. Working for production designers that can actually design, and production designers that want you to design. Um, so anyway, he once I got on, uh, uh, I known him. Uh, let's see on. Uh, Best Defense, there was a film called uh, Star Chamber, Best Defense, and then Swing Shift. All three of those films, he was either a, a set designer or an art director. So I already worked with him by the time we got to Goonies. And then uh, I think uh, Lost Boys was the first one where he was a production designer. And then I worked with him for off and on for years. You're, you're going to have to get used to my long-winded answers. <laughs> no, oh, we're, we're happy sorry. about that, Jack. So, you know, you've, you've shared with me, um, you know, some really great uh, images. You know, I wanted to talk about one specifically, and I, I don't know that you'll be able to uh, see this on the screen. I sure hope. Can you guys see that? Yep. Yes, I can. So, uh, you know, right here, this is an image that is really uh, fascinating to a lot of us. Um, this is, a, you know, kind of a dilap dilapidated uh, firehouse that looks like uh, these cutscenes that we've seen still images from over the years. Um, you know, obviously it looks like it's between, <laughs> sometime between Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what your directive was for this piece and, and how you got it? Because this looks like a, it could be a photo of, of Hook and Ladder 8 in Tribeca. The, uh, I had uh, some, I believe, that to the best of my memory, I had research on that building. Uh, of course, it didn't look like this. So it was my interpretation that, uh, you know, there might have been a couple of fires. The, the place was boarded up. Uh, the more dilapidated uh, and overdone, the better. Uh, so that's just basically, uh, my interpretation of turning that thing into a, uh, a boarded up, uh, place in a big city. Very cool. Hey Jack, when, when you're going into, uh, to, to start doing these designs, uh, you know, specifically for something like Ghostbusters 2, um, or, or any of the films, like since this is the second movie in a franchise, what are you familiar with the first movie at this time? Do you use that as inspiration, uh, or do you just kind of go into it? Does that really matter? Like if it's part of a franchise like that? 
for you, for, for you and the way that you do your art? Yeah, you can't, you can't deny the first one for a lot of basic stuff. Uh, I mean, these guys are going back to the same equipment, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, I think the, the visual again, through Bo Welch, uh, of, for instance, the, uh, the lab, as I remember, the lab is all new and I did, I must've done half a dozen sketches on the lab of various things. And, and like the, the, even down to the tiles in the floor, because they were used to position other things later. Um, I, I work with thumbnails. I, my ideas are, are small, sometimes like two, two by three by four inches or even smaller. So, and that is partially my interpretation of what it says in the script. And at some point, I'll take uh, three or four of what I feel are the most important possible visuals and or be given that uh, are worked out between me and the production designer. And then as I do those and he looks at them, he gives me direction of, of which ones he feels are, are worth taking up to a, a larger level. And um, I think, to be honest, uh, Bo had the impression that there was a hell of a lot of money spent on the first film and that we were going to have a pretty good budget. And in reality, they really shut it down. And, and I guess that tends to be typical with, with uh, films that are in a series. So we, we were, well, I didn't, I didn't even understand it at the time, but he did make that comment at one point and uh, it, it it, it's always too bad because when you when you're in in the beginning in the background you can see what the possibilities are for some great visual sets and it's very disappointing when they don't happen but again it's a business and 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 it's a reality so uh, i uh i usually even though a production designer says this is what he thinks should go if I'm convinced that it's worth it uh, on my own time or whatever. I'll take what I think should be done and push it. And sometimes I get away with it. Sometimes uh, that actually gets on the screen. But uh, uh, that uh, when when you mentioned uh, Jurassic Three. I have no idea what the budgets were for the for those two previous films, but again, it's a it's a different script, so it it called in for totally different uh, sets, um, and that's really that's really uh, you, yes, you have to be a little influenced by what you saw before, but I think for the most part, it's. Uh, you you try to separate that and at least with your what creative whatever creative ideas you you have 
Hey, Jack, I had seen a great video of you visiting the Goonies house for the first time. And it yeah. was mind-blowing to me that you drew the house with as much detail without having ever set foot there. And so is that standard? Is that usual where you don't see in person the places that you're drawing? Or And if, if, if that's the case, what's it like to see them in person for the first time? It is, I would get, my experience was about two-thirds of the time, I never get, got to go to the location. Uh, a good example would be a perfect storm. I had to draw a lot of that stuff that was actually on location from uh, photographs shot by a location guy. And typically, and, and uh, uh, Goonies was a, another good example, what the director or production designer thinks they want to see is never the same angle of what I've been given uh, in these shots. So there's uh, there's a lot of interpolation going on, but I mean I can I can see three quarters of the front of a house and one quarter of one side, and they want me to see the other side. And uh, anyway, and in Goonies, it, it was uh, as I remember, it was like a Polaroid. I was trying to work from a damn Polaroid. So uh, in although. The purpose of, of doing that sketch was to show what the uh, changes were going to be made for the porch or the steps or, or whatever. And, for example, on the left side of the house, uh, instead of trying to cover part of the walls or a window or whatever, we put up, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, pieces to look as if you were they were repainting the house or something which actually covered up what we didn't like on that side of that that part of the side of the house so uh it's odd that that then has become probably the biggest thing that people have wanted from me from that movie is that is that house and let let me also say that uh Right after that interview, uh, the woman that owned the house allowed me to go inside and take a tour of the house so I could see what they changed. And she, of course, was very proud of the uh, the architectural changes. She moved the wall, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it really looked very nice. She'd done a great job. I was able to go upstairs uh, to look out one of the windows they used in the film. Anyway, it was uh, it was really a crack up for me to be able, after all of that, to go in the house and see all the rest of it. And of course, the Goonies fans are almost like the Trekkie fans. I don't know about GB2 uh, whether you get people running around in costumes uh, at, at events, but they sure did five years ago in Oregon. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised, Jack. Yeah, uh, about nothing ago, surprises me. <laughs> you know, about a year ago, we were all—all all three of us here—we were at Sony Pictures in Culver City, um, in outfits and uh, in gear and such. With um, I don't know, hundreds of other fans yeah, uh, the, for a 30th anniversary celebration. Yeah. So well, yeah, we 
why, why it's so cool to talk to you, Jack, is, you know, we are all huge Ghostbusters fans. Um, and Ghostbusters 2, you know, especially within the fandom, which is a large hardcore fandom of, of people, um, it's kind of been ignored and not it, it hasn't gotten that special treatment over the years where we haven't gotten a lot of behind the scenes uh, images or looks at earlier scripts or in this case, like, you know, pre-production art and, and things like that. So knowing uh, that it's out there and that we can talk to somebody like you who, who can give us some insight is uh, a real treat. So uh, I, I'm very, very good. Yeah. The, the, there were over 5,000 people up there in, in uh, Oregon five years ago. And, and I could not believe it. Wow. That's pretty intense. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking to what Craig said about the pre-production artwork, uh, you know, I, I'm just blown away. I'm going to share this image here um, by this. Can you guys all see that? Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the data restoration room uh, from the museum in Ghostbusters 2. And and looking at this and then knowing in my mind's eye uh, what is on screen, it's it's just incredible uh, the detail and 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 how they recreated this. Can you can you tell uh, share a little bit about this restoration room with us? Uh, it's very very vague in my mind uh, as to uh, how it all. Uh, got together, but but typically, Bo Welch, uh, because he could draw, would uh, give me uh, at least architectural uh, pieces to work with. So we we uh, I don't know whether this was actually part of a museum. I I just I don't remember. But uh, what I would do is would take his. Uh, research, and he would give me, uh, knowing that it had to be a set on a stage, you were somewhat limited in in the scope or the size of, of the room. You also, unfortunately, you don't know what the, the cinematographer or the director is going to do with it. Uh, for instance, you could do a half room, a three-sided room, if you knew uh, the director would allow you to work with it, but they generally don't, no matter what's in the storyboard. So you have to, you have to design the whole damn room. Uh, and as I mentioned uh, earlier to Thomas, uh, I was able to do uh, a full perspective uh, for any given lens at any given distance so this sketch, for instance, uh, it has the reality. Uh, it has an exact depth. Uh, the pillars have an exact height. Uh, everything is is in uh, a perfect scale. Uh, so that guys like Bo could go to the director and everybody else and say, this is what it's going to look like. And it's going to be uh, 100 feet long by 37 feet wide. Uh, the ceiling is going to have uh, an, a two depths of whatever it is. The alcove will be so and so, and of course, uh, he by then would have uh, set design. Uh, it, they would have uh, a plan. 
You have four elevations at least. And so uh, it then becomes a, a reality that they can pick this and pick that. Uh, but uh, that was the process. So back to this uh, room again. I, as I remember the, the film, there's a point where people are standing on a specific uh, design on the floor. And again, that's all sort of built in. Uh, typically, trying to do, if you've got time, you put something in the foreground of an illustration that gives not only scale, but gives you more depth. And uh, there are a lot of illustrators that uh, can, can do fine illustrations, but... Uh, they generally don't have a light source. Now, as I'm looking at this one, it doesn't have much of a light source. But one of the things I always try to do, well, you can see a little bit at the windows, but uh, it to me, when you start casting shadows uh, over a floor or walls or whatever, you give a hell of a lot more reality to the depth of, of the sketch. And... Uh, I, I don't know what, I think that's about it as far as what I have to say on that subject. That's very cool. That's amazing insight. Yeah, I mean, uh, never having seen this image before as a Ghostbusters fan and, and familiar with the movie, uh, it's uh, right when you see it, it's undeniable. You know, you know exactly what you're looking at. So to see uh, that, you know, you have those directives and you are building it out from a, like an architecture standpoint and exact measurements, uh, to see this image and then know what we saw on the screen is uh, pretty incredible. And I, and I love the, well, the, the practical lived in feeling. You see the paint brushes out, you see all these details, the carts just a little off. It's not straight and it looks like it's being used. And I just love the thought and the detail that you put into that. Well, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, uh, in those days, we worked with, uh, with blueprints, sepias, and black lines, which come from a machine called an Oslid machine. They still make blueprints uh, in a similar way today, but that paper is somewhat delicate, and you can see it's been a little beaten up over the years. Uh, I, I uh, as a as a another little insight. Five years ago or six, when uh, uh, one of my youngest son called me and said, "Do you know they're having a Goonies uh, reunion and maybe some of that stuff that you've got stuck in your shop that are just molding away is maybe worth something, and maybe you should take the Goonies stuff out and." and see what you can make of it. And we wound up taking a trip together up there, and I, I was blown away that uh, they were interested in so much of that stuff. But that's how all this started. And uh, it, uh, it was obviously all worthwhile, and uh, as I've said numerous times, I realized how, how much I uh, enjoy talking about myself I don't, I'm not embarrassed about it at all, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, I guess I, I live by myself and I, uh, maybe that's it. Maybe I need more opportunity to talk to somebody, but anyway, uh, 
<clears throat> excuse me. It uh, it's been a long process of uh, shooting, gathering, filing almost three thousand pieces of artwork uh, and prints and so forth that uh, that I've uh, finally got through about a year or two ago. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. No, please don't apologize. One thing I was going to chime in with uh, real quick is as a fan of uh, uh, of the films and then as a collector, you know, a lot of the times uh, to get like a prop or something that was actually used in the movie is just completely ridiculous uh, prices for even for minor things that might be in the background. Um, but then you kind of move on to things like this, these pieces of art, these original, uh, you know, production sketches and things like that. And there's, there's this huge market because it's, it's a way to put on your wall, a piece of basically your own history and you're, you know, as a fan of whatever the popular culture is. So, um, it's really (laughs) great that you've been able to hold on to that stuff all these years. Is is uh, it weird at all? Is it, is it weird that people want that stuff to you? No, it's just that it's taken a while for me to to understand it. I, you know, when you're talking about Superman or or Batman or some of those big big corporate successes, I understand that, you know, any piece of it. But uh, I was surprised about Goonies. I'm surprised about Ghostbusters two. You know, I I could understand Ghostbusters one. Uh, same thing with Jurassic Three. Uh, I the idea of one of your favorite films, Thomas, being a Christmas Vacation. That's another one that I would I just go right over my head. So it yeah, it's been an interesting uh, uh, process the last four or five years. So and I again as another aside. My uh, older son, who's uh, who's pretty sharp, and he's a still photographer as well as an advertising photographer. Uh, at one point, uh, a couple of years ago, we we're talking about uh, what the hell my kids are going to do with all this stuff uh, when I'm gone. And uh, I asked him how he was going to uh, handle all this, and he said, "Well, I shoot. I don't know. I guess I." I'd uh, take a few things, keep a few things, and and uh, uh, offer some to the friends and whatever the other kids wanted, and then I'd shit can it. So every every couple of months, when I sell another three or four thousand dollars of something, I make sure I let him know as the, as the numbers keep rising, what he was going to shit can. <laughs> That's great. You know, Jack, it's it's really interesting to me that you said the last four or five years because, you know, Matt knows this. Craig, I, I haven't known as long, so this will be something new to Craig, I guess. But, um, you know, I've been personally trying to learn your name for about four or five years um, because as as it stands, you were kind of previously unknown to, to us. And as Craig touched on, there's not a lot out there for Ghostbusters 2 in regard to behind the scenes. Um but there's a there's a piece that you did specifically that that, that I've been desperate to know who was responsible for, um, and I want to go ahead and share that with you right now because because to me this is this is the uh, just the most amazing thing. 
And I don't know if you all can see that. Yep. Are we seeing it? So, uh, you know, Jack, I, I told you before, we, we uh, lovingly refer to this painting as the Fettuccinis uh, from the end of right. Ghostbusters 2. It's, it's a unique drawing. It, it comes as, as a big surprise at the end of the movie because it's not where you expect to see uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, um, and <laughs> you know, with a harp. Uh, so, you know, I, I know we, we have a lot of fans who are going to be interested in this piece and kind of the genesis of it. It's very religious, and, and that probably ties into the themes of the movie. But I just wanted to hear hear you uh, talk a little bit about this, um, you know, for my own satisfaction, but also for the satisfaction of hundreds and thousands of fans out there. Can you tell us a little bit about this this piece? Yeah, the uh, I did send you a better shot of this. Uh, somewhere you you got an attachment, which uh, I think this was a terrible shot as far as time of day and reflections and so forth. But uh, this was, as far as I know, a Bo Welch idea. Uh, his it's something he he got out of the of the script <clears throat> that. Uh, I don't think it was that specific, but the, what he he came to me and he wanted a uh, semi-religious uh, period-looking painting uh, that was not necessarily uh, realistic. Uh, I think I found an old uh, painting. I, I God knows what century it was that had this sort of curved feeling over the top and uh i just went from there i don't know where i found the damn uh palm trees or or, or whatever but uh i i was scared to death because and you saw the rough that for this thing trying to do four faces and match the actual faces of the guys uh was was uh was all yeah yeah that's better was very uh, very difficult because they're so familiar with everybody but at least I was supplied shots and uh, the baby was another problem as uh, we've discussed before that the the baby was uh, repainted I don't know who on whose whether whether that had anything to do with Bo or the director or whoever, but and there were other minor changes with a hand here and a and a leaf there and so on. But uh, typically, I didn't feel I had enough time, so it, it, this winds up being very inconsistent. The faces are obviously uh, rendered uh, to the nth degree. Uh, the figures are not rendered as much and the background is even less rendered. So in, in from a, a painter's, uh, opinion, this is not a very good painting, but knowing in the business, uh, you're, you sometimes are stuck with it. You just don't have enough time. And, and the other side of that coin is if you give somebody like an illustrator enough, uh, two weeks to do a job, he'll do it in two weeks. You give him three days, he'll do it in three days. But you want as much time as you can steal. And, uh, I, 
I think the uh, the renderings of the faces are yes, they're they're pretty good to relate to. Uh, I think uh, on on the uh, let's see, it would be uh, uh, Peter or Bill Murray's face. The eyes are out of proportion. Uh, and and the right eye. Anyway, you get my meaning. As an illustrator, I can go in there and find every damn thing that's wrong with it. And it's not that I'm looking for praise or somebody say, "Oh no, no, it's wonderful." It's just the reality of it, and you can't you can't get away from it. And of course, to look back now and see fingers that are a little too long and shadows that aren't right, and it just. Uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, it, it was a hell of a fun, a fun project that was that scared me to death. Jack, um, I, I everything you're highlighting as somebody who's not an artist, obviously, I, I'm, these are things that I would never pick up on. Um, I find this image; it's quite, it. There are some differences from the final image, but there's something very charming and just very real and and like. You know, just taking a step back and actually like looking at it for what it is. And there's a element of like seriousness and obviously a lot of silliness, too. Um, so I, I just appreciate it so much. Um, how big. So for the original piece that you're submitting, how, how big of uh, of a painting is it uh, to give people some perspective on that? It's uh, it's 20 inches high by 14 and a half inches wide. And Thomas and I have decided to make it, as far as a print, offering 50% larger. So it'll be more like 30 inches high by 22 inches wide. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you know, as, as, and I, I do, I, I dabble in collecting uh, art prints and screen prints, and I think there's going to be a, a, a nice size audience of people who are really going to want this. And, and I know it's going on my wall. Uh, so I, I appreciate you uh, giving Tom the, uh, the opportunity to, to partner up on that because uh, that is, okay. you know, I've got, I've got every history of Ghostbusters book, visual art book, making of book. And uh, when, when, when Tom reached out to me, I said, Holy shit, I have never seen this. And I've reached out to a couple people who I would consider uh Ghostbusters archivalists, and they uh, have no idea that the stuff even exists. So it's it's very very cool. It it is a it's sometimes irritating that uh, somebody like me is not uh, called or or considered when you do the making of. And I don't know, I guess it depends on who who's generating the idea that, oh, this is a fantastic film we need to do the making of, since they don't do it on every film. But uh, quite often, illustrators, uh, who many of whom help really create these films, uh, aren't involved. Uh, and uh, it's funny, Thomas mentioned uh, Superman Lives, as to the nightmare that that went through that film, and I, uh, I again, uh, maybe because I retired, maybe because I live uh, three hours from L.A., 
there were three, at least three illustrators that had something to say about it, uh, but I was never called or considered or anything else, which is too bad because I had some rather violent things to say about it. <laughs> but I've never seen it. I've never seen the... Uh, I have a script. I have a script on every film I've worked on, uh, which, again, is another story. But uh, when you say you have a script... There, in some cases, there may be 30 or 40 versions, and there is certainly a first script and a last script, which I think it'd probably really be important if you had both. But at any rate, uh, um, yeah. Jack, is that to suggest that you have a an early ghost do draft? I don't know. I, I have, I mean, I got maybe 70 scripts in a closet in boxes and, uh, I did, uh, go through them, I don't know, three or four months ago. Uh, so I'm sure I have at least one script on Goonies, but I have no idea at what point that script is. Well, uh, if that Ghostbusters two script turns up, you know, I think everybody on this all would be very interested in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we did talk about Superman Lives a little yesterday. This is my script for Superman Lives. Uh, if you can see that, I don't know if you can. Yeah, uh, I can. You know, it's always fascinated me the genesis. You know, I told you it, it interests me because the idea of Nicolas Cage as Superman is just kind of um, off the wall, I guess. I, <laughs> it's really interesting. Uh, to you well, if you can. If you consider the bodysuit he was going to wear, it, it made it all more possible. <laughs> and the, the, a, a little side thing on that, uh, he wanted that movie made so badly. He, he was willing to do just about anything to get it made. But uh, uh, the war that went on, was uh, that, that film was never going to get made. Yeah, what an incredible story. Um, you know, so much goes into uh, getting a film off the ground in the first place, but to know that they were a couple weeks out from, from cameras and the whole thing got shut down, that's pretty amazing. Um, I did want to chime in with one thing before, you know, before you guys touch on anything else. Uh, I watch Independence Day like once a month, always have. It's one of the all-time great sci-fi classics, so uh, maybe uh, – <laughs> A separate conversation down the line. I would, I would love to to see anything uh, you contributed because I, I think it really stands alone as a uh, just really good popcorn sci-fi, and, and it totally holds up. And the well, se- the sequel is really bad. I have to admit that I that shouldn't even be on my resume. Uh, if you can stand another two minutes uh, story. Uh, sure. But can you can you handle it? I, uh, so. I was I was hired, uh, and I think I was the first illustrator on the film. They were going to hire four, I believe. Uh, there was a director, uh, a, a young production uh, supervisor, or a, or a executive. He must have been about twenty five. And there was a secretary and maybe one other person. Uh, 
I took the script. I spent 10 minutes talking about it with the director. Uh, I was going to do opening scenes, and we were just talking storyboards. So at Fox, there's a building with an upstairs and a, a stairway coming up to a veranda where I had my drafting table, and I was working. And uh, all of a sudden, it's 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, these people showed up uh, and started taking seats and drinking coffee and having donuts, and it started to get a little louder, and this guy comes up the stairway in torn jeans and a, and a T-shirt and uh, sort of... Uh, uh, everything got quiet, and he said a few things. Anyway, it got louder. Two guys came by, bumped my drafting table, and I said, hey. And I yelled at, hey, could you guys go into your meeting or, or keep it quiet? And this guy comes over and he leans on my drafting table, and he looks at me, and he says, do you know who, it was a classic, do you know who I am? Well, he turned out to be the, uh, the, uh, John, now I can't remember his last name, but he, he's a, a big, big guy uh, with a big name and a lot of, a lot of big films. And anyway, he, he started with, well, why can't you come in later? Or why can't you do it? And I said, hey, I'm just trying to work here. And I leaned back in his face because I could see he was putting on a show for these people that uh, were working on his film, whatever that was. And uh, so it was a standoff, and he, he had made his point about how important he was. And uh, about 10 or 15 minutes later, this young executive calls and would like me to come down to his office. Uh, and so I go down there, and he says, you know, we, we are sorry. We, we didn't, we, we just really didn't, uh, we thought we were going to, in other words, uh, we don't need you anymore. And I said, well, I'll be glad to finish the work for the day. And he said, no, no, I think, uh, well, you, what, and, and finally I said, you, can you really look at me and say that with a straight face? <clears throat> that it had nothing to do with that little performance upstairs. And he said, oh, no, I had nothing to do with it. Anyway, it's the first time I'd ever been fired. I uh, made a couple of phone calls and I had two offers to start the next day on other films. So I basically didn't give a shit, but it's really unfortunate because I would love to finish that film. And I know it would have grown into more than just storyboards, but uh, such is war. Sorry. Sorry. I, I can't tell you more good stories about it. No, that's great. That's a great story. I'm, that's a great story. I'm trying to piece together who that would have been uh, that because uh, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy that that happened to you. Um, I wish uh, I'm having trouble remembering uh, the director that uh, he worked for. He was his top guy. Gotcha. Uh, Jim Cameron. It was Jim Cameron's uh, executive producer. Well, that makes all John, of the more sense. <laughs> John what was his last name? Or if I got that wrong. Oh, man. That's a great story. Thank Cam you for sharing. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, we have one uh, one other Ghostbusters two topic to touch on. Before we do, uh, you know, Matt Craig, do you want to uh, pick uh, Jack's brain on any of his other works? I know Lost Boys, Beetlejuice. You know, he's he's involved in in so many of these things, Jack, and and I know it's uh, interesting to a lot of us beyond this conversation. Um, not, not specifically. I just, I just, you know, I just appreciate the entire body of work and I'm, and I'm, I'm so happy to, to be able to see, see some of this stuff from some of my favorite movies. It's, it's, uh, very, very cool. I, and I'm, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. There's just so much of this stuff. I just wish Jack that we could somehow put together a book of all your stuff that everyone could see all the pieces that you've worked on. Uh, cause I would just love to sit through and look at all the stuff you worked on for all the movies that we've discussed so far. Did, did you guys all see the poster? With all your works? Yeah. Yeah, I sent that to the group. Okay. So that that obviously gives you uh, a vague idea of pieces of, of other films. I've been trying to write a book for the last three years. I, I think visually I'm probably uh, three quarters of the way through it. Uh, I'm not a writer. Uh, I have a, a, a writer friend and we're trying to work together, but I have been uh, trying to sell my property and working a lot more on the property uh, to get it to where I think it needs to be. So our our writing the last six months to a year has been minimal, but I hope that uh, within a year I can publish that book. I I have probably thirty or forty spreads of the movies that I've already uh, at least uh, roughed out visually with copy. Uh, I suppose I could send you uh, a couple of examples that would uh, at least give you an idea where where I'm going with it. But yes, I hope. Uh, and if I'd been smarter about this, I would have the book done a, year, a few years ago. And I think it would have a great deal to do with the value of the stuff you're, you guys are talking about. Very cool. That, That's fantastic. I think we'll all be, be looking forward to that and hosting a book signing for you when it's released. Cool. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, we have, we're going to be offering uh, four prints uh, to our members and to the community at large. Uh, we've touched on three of them. I want to touch on um, this last print before we uh, let you get back to your day, Jack. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and share this. Uh, this one, when I saw your work, Jack, when, when you shared all those with me, um, this one to me stood out as just kind of mind blowing um, in, in how beautiful it is and how how accurate uh, they got it. Um, what we're looking at here is the uh, the infamous River of Slime, uh, the Van Horn pneumatic transit. Um, yeah, even seeing, you know, we know immediately what we're looking at. We know that's uh, Dan Aykroyd dangling there uh, beneath Fourth Avenue. Um, you know, I, I know I definitely want to hear about a little bit about this. Can you share some of uh, your experiences working on this piece? Sure. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be an undiscovered uh, old, uh, uh, what, uh, I'm thinking, 
Anyway, we had some research uh, on this this type of ceiling and walls, the curved, uh, the the way the tiles fit in, and of course nothing exactly from the angle uh, we wanted. Uh, a lot of the piping and all that stuff is ad lib, but the and the uh, the angle or the curve down that path of of slime uh, was made up. Uh, and I spent I can't tell you how much time I spent trying to project uh, something that looked right as far as the stairway coming down into an area and then the arches overhead. It was a hell of a, a time consuming, difficult. Uh, illustration uh, and as I mentioned before I there are always things wrong with it when you look back but uh, when I was trying to make that flashlight work uh, I don't uh, I, I didn't airbrush anything and so it's very it's kind of amateurish but for the purpose of, of selling it again that that was going to be a set and it was going to be so big and 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 so tall, et cetera. I think we did a hell of a job with it. I I have to say, Jack, this is probably the, my favorite piece that I've seen. I love the detail, and I love that you're modest about your abilities because uh, I think this is absolutely stunning and beautiful, far from amateurish. Um, and again, I, I think I can speak for all of us that this has been an absolute treat spending time with you today and learning about your work on Ghostbusters and so many other films that we have grown up and loved. And in a very real way, you helped design and bring to reality the films that we grew up on and, and, and uh, everything that we've enjoyed. And so thank you so much for using your gifts and your ability and your talents to bring to life some of our favorite movies and franchises and stories. And I don't think we can thank you enough for your time and your willingness to, to sign some stuff and make these prints available to all of us. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the uh, opportunity. Thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, that uh, just to comment on that, that last piece, that's, Absolutely incredible. I mean, the river of slime that the whole Van Horn, you know, abandoned train station, like that's, that's the iconography that we all remember from that movie. Um, and to see it kind of in that landscape, uh, you know, if you really look at it, it's really insane. Like the detail of, of that, uh, uh, of that, uh, that piece, you know, every brick is there. Almost every brick. yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, (laughs) it's really incredible. So, uh, and I'll, I'll echo Matt's words. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for, you know, for doing this. Okay, thank thank you. And Craig, I see a spot on your wall over there to the right uh, where that would fit perfectly, I think. Oh, I've so, got all, there's a bunch of Ghostbusters <laughs> stuff behind me. So, uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, always room for, for, for more stuff on the wall, and I can't wait to get my hands <laughs> on this stuff. Great. So, any, any closing thoughts here? I'll, I'll just thank you as well, Jack. You and I, we've been talking for a while. Uh, you're, you're such a delight uh, to speak with. Um, I've really enjoyed all of our conversations. You're, you're just one of the nicest folks in the business that we've had the pleasure of meeting and speaking with. And, and you know, personally, I'm, I'm just blown away by your art. I'm, I'm so grateful uh, that through happenstance, uh, we came together. 
Um, I think this is going to be a really exciting um, opportunity for the fandom. It's definitely an opportunity for me. I, I'm already making space for these things, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's really really. Oh, exciting. thank thank you, Thomas. Yeah. I mean, just one last chime in for me, just to think that that was 1989. It looks like you worked on it in 88. Um, And then it was supposed to be this year, but it's now going to be early next year. So 31, 32 years later, we're we're getting a sequel. Uh, So, uh, you know, Ghostbusters is is back in a big way. And uh, this kind of stuff really adds to that excitement. Good, good. I'm looking forward to the relationship. We all are as well. All right. All right. Okay. Well, uh, Matt, anything, any closing thoughts? I'm, I'm good. This has been a treat. Yeah, it's been great. All Thank right. you so much.